There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, a podcast from The Independent on everything to do with love, sexuality, identity and more. This week I'm very excited to be joined by Rubina Pabani and Poppy J, who host the award-winning podcast Brown Girls Do It Too. The show features candid discussions about sex, masturbation and specifically what these things mean to South Asian women. In its first season the podcast addressed subjects such as female masturbation, losing one's virginity and sexting. The idea is that these subjects are disproportionately under-discussed in South Asian communities due to myriad cultural reasons. Today, Rabina and Poppy joined me to discuss why they wanted to launch the podcast and how they hope it will help young women reshape their views on sex and dating today in a way that ultimately makes them feel more comfortable in their own skin. Enjoy the show! Hi guys! Hey. Now let's start the show um, by you guys, if you wouldn't mind explaining a bit about your podcast, Brown Girls Do It Too, and what it's about. So it's a podcast about uh, being British Asian. I mean, that's essentially what it is. But we are very silly British Asians. So we quite like to talk about sex in kind of grotesque and immature ways. Um, But that's just really helped us it's a prism to kind of to get us to talk about other stuff. And it's it's a way of us being able to open up to each other and to to make ourselves accessible to other people because we reveal quite a lot and in the revealing of maybe sometimes too much I think we allow the doors the floodgates open to other people to come and like contact us about their floodgates pun pun there (laughs) sorry I've ruined your flow I've ruined your flow (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's it it's essentially it's it's about sex and in an interview Poppy you said that brown good girls aren't meant to be talking about sex so what did you mean by that I mean, brown good girls are not supposed to be talking about sex or relationships or their nipples or pubic hair or the shape of their vaginas or what other things do we talk about? We talk about loads of stuff. Rabina listening to Dawson's Creek before she popped her fucking cherry. Dawson's Creek coming back on Netflix, by the way. Um, That was exciting news for today. um, Um, (laughs) uh, the, The kind of, the one thing that everyone needs to understand, right, is sex in any community whether you're white, black, East Asian, whatever, you just don't really, it's not something that we generally talk about with our parents or in our community or with our elders, but sex for like brown women is even more brushed under the carpet, like locked in a vault. Like we act as though we we don't have sex and children are almost like the stalks have dropped them. Okay, that's a slight exaggeration, but like we're not really meant to know about it at all. Obviously times are changing, we all have smartphones, porn, blah, 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 Bollywood in our case. But it's so, it's the one thing that everyone does that no one talks about. And on top of no one talking about it, you then have this like 50 ton of shame and like dishonor and every, and and also within the community, like the double standards is disgusting. So like it's an open secret, like the way Harvey Weinstein is a molester that men can fuck around and shag. But the moment a woman does it, She's slut shame. She's a slag. She's awful. Like, I'm definitely stealing this quote from this 
Indian feminist, but like our honor and shame is always in our vaginas, whether we like it or not. Always, always, always. Mm. Um, and we don't, in this podcast, we're not like, oh my God, we're players. We slept with a hundred men or women or whatever. Like we're not about that at all. Um, we just talk about really normal experiences that I think that we were robbed of actually. And a lot of women were robbed of because we had so many women message us to say, thank you for normalizing it. I was so embarrassed. I was so ashamed. Really, It's really interesting because when you're talking about it, like, you know, obviously these things are, are so much worse in, in specific cultures, but I think generally like what, what you guys are doing is so relatable to, like you said, to anyone, whichever culture you're in, because you know, like you said, we don't talk about sex in the detail that we have it, <laughs> you know, and because of that, there are so many misunderstandings and misconceptions and we take our cues from porn or yeah. films or, you know, all sorts of other kind of toxic, unrealistic mm. places. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a real issue, mm. um, which is why I think you guys being so open about, you know, masturbation and STDs and all that kind of stuff is so important. Um, what do you think are some of the most important things that you want to kind of normalize um, about sex and dating on the podcast, like for your, for, for the South Asian community? I think it, for me, it's definitely all about masturbation. I think we really like, really kind of disassociated our minds from our bodies quite a lot with the way that we work in our culture. So like, it's just such a wonderful bit of pleasure. You know, we get to eat, we get to exercise, we get to do a few things in our lives that make us feel euphoric and, and touching yourself feels amazing like it does just feel great um and for me i want people to feel like that's okay like loving yourself is is good and fine it's good to talk about it. it's good to share tips on it and it's good to know that it's not, never too much i think like i know there is such a thing as like sex addiction and we're not we're not talking about that but that would be really key for me it's like love yourself because bloody hell do we need it right now and for me it's um like brown women have sex and we love it and we're horny as fuck and i think about sex all the time like I look at people and I'm like, fear, wood, 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 wood. <laughs> like, I need to do my laundry. Like, I think about sex all the time. Yeah, I and it's so like human. I don't have a lot of sex, but I do think about sex all the time. And that's so like, human. Like, it's like being yeah. an honest human. Like, we're not going to be like these suppressed robots walking around being like, all I do is work. It's like, no, we like love that element of ourselves. Like, I, I think it's just really natural. Mm. It is, it is so human, but like you said, you know, and again, this is exacerbated within certain cultures, but it is something that we only really allow men to do and talk and get, about. And get applause for it as well. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, whereas there is this, you know, culture of shame around female sexuality. Mm. Um, so any woman who talks about sex openly, it's like, oh, she's promiscuous or she's a slut or whatever, you know, we don't have those words for men. Um, Am I right in thinking that there is no word for sex in Bengali or you don't know the word? No, I just don't know it. I genuinely don't know it. I think um, I Googled it and I, I think there's like, it's lovemaking, but lovemaking is not sex. Mm. And in, I, in Hindi, it's like lay down together. You lay down together. See, even in Hindi, it's so <laughs> fucking repressed. You don't even say the word sex. You're like, let's sleep together. It's yeah, like my mum did. My mum came on our podcast oh, for a little bit. And she did this bit where she was like, I knew that it was about sleeping with each other. <laughs> like really coy. We just don't, we don't have the language for it. And I don't, you know what? I don't even think English really has some of the, the right languages for it. I'd really love to find the language that really graphically hits all the stuff that we need to be talking about. Mm. Um, because it, all, of the, all of the words are swear words oh, like yeah. associated with sex, which in itself is also really 
I, I'm, it's my own podcast. I can swear, but really fucked up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it associates sex with shame from the get go. If all of the words that we use to talk about it are, you know, inverted commas swear words, and there's no in between. It's like we're either fucking each other's brains out or we're making love. There is loads of things in between. Or like on this end of the scale, sleeping together. Up <laughs> until <laughs> <laughs> like when I was in uni, I was like, oh, were you sleeping together? Like I would be <laughs> the same kind of language, and it's like. And then you're right, yeah, he goes from either, you're, you're, you're fucking, or you're like, yeah, love me. You I remember being, I remember being a teenager and, and hearing that my friend had given somebody a blowjob, but we didn't want to use the word blowjob because we thought it was just too, too graphic and just not what she'd done. So we called it juggling and we were like, did you juggle with him though? Did you juggle? Did you juggle those balls? <laughs> That's oh my God. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I was just thinking about sleeping together as well. Like that doesn't even make any sense because, you know, a lot of the time when you have sex with someone, you don't necessarily stay the night. You don't necessarily sleep together if it's a one night stand. So then like, when makes you feel awful? We could, I could be sleeping with you, Rubina. I could be sleeping next to you in a hotel because there's no twin beds. You know, it just doesn't make sense. It's, um, I'm trying to find all the kind of sex synonyms, but I'm not, I'm not coming up with many right now. Let me know when you do because I, I want to hear them. Intercourse, love making, sex act. That's what all what fucking Google gave me. Fuck intercourse, you. Intercourse, way to lose your horn. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, and making love is not in, not highlighted. So I, I mean, I don't know what the wow. Even the in, even the fucking internet's scared of sex. Making love is the worst. I think that is the absolute worst one, isn't it? Because it kind of, it has all these associations with like perfect romance and yeah. like kind yeah. of Hollywood vibes. And it's like some, like sex is very often not at all romantic. Like the build up to sex can be romantic. Yeah. Actual sex is messy and like gross and yeah, like yeah, totally. hard sometimes there's all sorts of fluids everywhere. Like sex itself is not romantic. <laughs> yeah, Many times you feel like an animal in a barn having sex. It's just, that's what it is. That really is just it. When you see, you know, when you see a cow, like hump another cow from the back, that is like what we do, but we just need to like, we need to own that. Guys, I've got fool around. I mean, what Auntie Margaret's American. Have sexual intercourse, screw, fornicate. Fornicate. Oh my God. Um, Carnal. Sorry, I'm going. Carnal. Conjugate, breed. Fool around, lie with. This is just the podcast where Poppy reads the internet. It's like an Adam Buxton. Sleeping together. Sorry, I'll stop. There's just so many things about sleeping together and lying down together. It's so it's so weird, but it's just the rhetoric that you see in films as well. It's like that's just how you see. You only see people in films talk about it that way, or like you know, written down. But you never actually really say it to mm. one another. You'll just be like sex. Anyway. Um, this is a question for both of you, I suppose. How do you think the way that sex was discussed at home when you were growing up or not discussed has impacted your approach to sex today? I mean, it wasn't discussed in my house, not once. No one said ever, anything ever, ever, ever. I mean, I, I talk on the podcast about like going and asking my mom what masturbate means and going to ask my brother what an erection was because I would hear these things at school and bring them home and they would just be like, no, don't talk to me about it, please leave the house. Um, so no, nothing. And I think that made me incredibly curious and like, and dying to find, you know, like-minded individuals like Bobby that I could be like, did you do this? Did this, this is like a thing? And I really like, you know, we're in our thirties, so we're just able to do it now. So, you know, yeah. what an awakening for us. Definitely. 
I mean, um, if Rubina was at key stage two, I was at like PhD level of like, no one talked about it. Like it didn't, <laughs> sex, what, huh? You just were born, you know? Like you, we just didn't talk about it. And I actually think for me, and I don't speak for all of the Asian community, but I definitely think there's like a group of us, there's like a faction of us because it's so repressed. I mean, at least Rubina could go and speak to her mum before she was like, ah, I couldn't even do that, right? Like we, no one does that, we don't do that. Um, so I think almost you go the other way and you go really, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say too far, but you kind of act out and you, you know, you're crazy, you know, crazy, whatever mm. that. So, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to say it's unhealthy, um, but you know, you're sort of lying and you're leading a double life and you're, you know, you're sort of, it's, you get a kind of bucket list mentality and you pack a lot in. It's not normal. You know, what is normal? God, I'm going down a hole, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> The way I approach sex now, sorry, sex back then was very much like, ah, repressed for so long, gonna go crazy. Mm. That's, that's how I think a lot of people. Um, and I think maybe that's how people feel about our podcast too. It's like, we are maybe taking it a bit too far, but that's because there is nothing in the middle for us. There's no British Asian women talking about anything in the middle because there's no other British Asian women really around doing anything apart from, you know, news. News, current affairs. So, yeah. That is. It's, it's so it's so important. Do you think do you think it's made you reconsider or I guess just think about the way that you would speak to your children about sex and dating and and how you would broach it? Would you be like incredibly open about it from the get-go? Fuck yes. They're getting chat about porn over dinner, what porn sites to use. If I make it fucking uncool, I don't give a shit. I'm going to be talking to them about drugs and what kind of drugs and how to take drugs. I'm going to talk about everything, literally everything. And I'm not going to be talking to them at 15. I actually don't know if I'm going to have kids, but if I do, <laughs> they're going to know about this shit. Wait, like 11, 11, maybe not the drugs thing. Maybe that's later. <laughs> Absolutely. They're going to know about everything. Yeah. And it's so interesting because the second generation, like we are the second generation, like the kids, like millennials, children's of our generation, that's going to really fundamentally shift to the culture. But what we're really, really key and maybe we should definitely highlight is we're not trying to like delete our culture. Like, we don't hate everything about it. Like being British Asian is a wonderful thing. Like we all come from such diverse countries and we have a we're better food than anyone in the world. We speak like loads of languages. Our like rituals are so rich and steeped in religion. Like everything about our cultures can be really wonderful. We appreciate it. But this part of it is something we don't want to carry on. The whole idea of whether or not you should talk to your kids about this stuff is quite interesting because I think Sarah Pascoe said recently that, you know, she grew up in a home where her mum spoke to her about masturbation all the time. And for her, it made her actually want to not do it because she would just think of her mum every time she went to do it and think that her mum would approve. And, and obviously that's not great. But like you said, you know, it doesn't matter if it makes it uncool. Surely it's better to talk about that stuff and normalize it I, I, than I live think with the, the shame. I think it's a moot point. You know, Sarah Pascoe, go look at Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know, find your, get your rocks off somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, it's so much more important that we talk to our children about consent. It's so, if you have an 11 year old, I literally did a radio show about this. I can't give you the statistic, but it's insane. Almost half, half of all kids between the ages of 11 and 16, will fucking watch porn. Like your 11 year old is going to watch porn. So it is so important that you talk to them about what sex is, what affection is, what companionship is, what normal healthy relationships look like. 
it, and I couldn't give a fucking hoot if, it, if it's cool or not cool. I don't care. And, and I maybe there is maybe there is a way to do it. Like, not, you know, you're like you're not going to embarrass your kids in front of your fucking friend. You're not going to be like the ab fat mom, like, oh darling, this is this is how you fucking wank. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I don't even think the conversation should be about like, oh, it's not cool because my mum said it. Like, mm -hmm. we, we talk to our kids about not taking um, sweets from strangers. We, we teach them how to cross the fucking road. Like, we teach them all this shit. We should be teaching them this because it's not coming from schools. It should be, I mean, it should be coming from schools, but it should be coming from us. So if I had kids, they would know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Poppy, you talk about this on the show sometimes. You got married at the age of 20. Um, is, yeah. that, um, is that something you'd be willing to talk about a bit and tell us what happened? Because I think that's something that really we don't hear much about today. It's really funny though, isn't it? Because it's like, I remember talk, I was in the pub and I was talking to my friend, Rubina's heard this a million times. I was talking to my friend who's half Pakistani, half English. And we were doing a kind of, you know, Notting Hill where they pass the biscuit around and you have to say why your life is shit. So we were doing this, like, don't ask me why, but anyway, it was fun, funny. And I was like, I've had, I've had a forced marriage. And then he looked, put his fucking pint down and he looked at me and he's like, Poppy, who hasn't? Like in our community, it is so normal of a certain age, I think, of a certain age, it's so normal to have arranged marriages. So I'm not gonna go on record and say it was a forced marriage, but it was, so I'll say arranged marriage. Um, but I didn't wanna marry him as the eldest of six. Um, my parents know that when we, so this is a very fundamental thing, which I don't think like non-Asians get. When we get married, we live with the husband and the husband's family, all right? So like, we don't even get along with our own mothers. Imagine living with this other bitch, your mother-in-law, like, and then like dealing with your husband's fucking brothers and sisters and being a kind of semi-made, but not really, but you, you know what I mean? All the kind of, like not being able to like come home and whip your bra off and then you've got to think about food, all that shit that comes with it. My parents knew I wasn't built for that because if the mother said, mother-in-law said, make me tea, I'd be like, well, you know where the fucking kitchen is. Do you know what I mean, babe? Um, and so they, so, so they had that sort of my best, they were thinking about me, but they've got me married to my cousin, which is gross. And then it, it was just a car crash of a couple. We were so young. I was a virgin when I got married. I'd never had a relationship before. Um, and it just it was just not gonna, I mean, it, it, just, it was doomed from the beginning. Um, how, how did you, how long did you stay in that marriage for? And how did you kind of find a way to get out of it? you know, while maintaining relations with your family. That must have been so complicated. I mean, it's so boring how I come out. But we stayed married for three years. 
And I, we, had, we were always fighting. So I would grow up with my parents fighting all the time. I just thought it was normal. And my aunties and uncles. We were always fighting. And then I, I, we had a fight. And then I left with three days of clothes, thinking I'd go back. He'd come back for me. And then he didn't. And then three months went into two months, went into however long. And then before you know it, I was just like, oh, wow, I, I shouldn't be in this relationship. So it gave me clarity. And I realized this is an absolute car crash. I mean, I, sh I, I, hadn't, I couldn't see the wood for the trees. And then I realized I, sh I can't be in this relationship. And my parents actually were initially quite supportive. And then later on, when I was like living my life and being 16 again, they were like, oh, you know, you're acting out. You're not a good Muslim. I can see why you two didn't get along. So, so actually with the parent thing, it kind of unraveled in another way. But there are so many women I know of my age and older who've had arranged marriages, which work, absolutely. Um, and, and some that just, you know, couldn't marry the person they wanted to and ended up marrying someone else and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so but if, if that does work, the arranged marriage setup, I guess it's just luck of the draw, isn't it? Like there's no way because, you know, if you, if you don't know each other particularly well, then it's just luck if that works, right? Yeah, I mean, it's relationships that it totally depends what part of, you know, we, we always try to not speak about British Asians as if we're like one thing because it's quite complicated. Like I didn't grow up in a culture where everyone I knew was having arranged marriages. You know, that's a separate thing. But, you know, a lot of our families need to come together in relationships. That's quite a big deal. I mean, that's still something I carry in my culture now with my relationship. It's like his family and my family have to click. Otherwise, I, I think I would find that hard because it is about you're part of a bigger thing. It's less, less of an individualistic culture, which is kind of a bit more Western society. You know, you like look after yourself. We come, we come as part of huge families. You know, both my parents are one of 10. I have over 50 first cousins. You know, I'm part of this big unit of things and I don't want to turn my back on that. So there is that as well. Families connect each other. Mm. Yeah, it's similar sort of in, in Jewish families, but, but I'm, my family is Jewish. And um, again, like my, my grandparents, each of them had 10 brothers and sisters uh, each. So that's, that's a lot of cousins as well. Um, and again, it's like that. It's like, I don't know, have you seen, um, I always think of this, <laughs> this film really reminds me of my family, my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking you were going to say that. I knew. Oh my God. There are just so many scenes and particularly the meat thing. Like there's oh, the line when he comes to the dinner and, and he's like, He's like, oh, I don't eat meat. And, you know, the host, the mother, the matriarch, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, you don't eat meat. Don't worry, I'll make, I'll make lamb. And it's just like, <laughs> that's so something my grandmother would say. 100%. Like, they're all yeah. Israeli and Moroccan. Like, that's just what they believe. <laughs> like, very funny. Anyway, tell me a bit about um, how the podcast has changed your relationship in terms of talking about sex with your family. Have your family listened to the podcast at all? Have you spoken about it with them? Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, it's been hard. Like when it, when it first comes out, also like doing a sex podcast is like, like you're literally throwing yourself to the wolves. Um, it's ve you're very open and you're very vulnerable and anyone can critique you. We've got loads of trolls and then, you know, lots of our community, friends, family start to find out and maybe we didn't do all of that telling them in the right way. Mm. Um, so we've been on a real journey to get to series two of, you know, getting feedback from friends that felt a little bit harsh or communicating with our families like my mum eventually know like knew and started you know kind of engaging and we did like a two page spread in the times about the article um about the podcast and winning um podcast of the year and that was like a really big moment like showing her that we were in the times for something and maybe it wasn't something the thing that she wanted me to be in the times for you know she probably wanted me to like you know 
discover the cure of cancer or something but like she was she was able to see the value in it and she was able to see like the impact that it had on other people um so yeah my mum eventually came around but, but like I mean, like still don't really talk to my brother or dad about it but I mean I don't I feel like I don't need to yeah yeah same here I don't I mean my parents don't know about it they can never know about it it, it will just take them 10 steps backwards they're too conservative but my sisters listened to it and like Rubina was saying they found out through this um Instagram page that had clipped basically Asian Network had shared this controversial clip of me talking about danger wanking and then they shared that slut shame they found out through a friend and they, they basically were so upset and so angry and mortified and ashamed and then they stopped talking to me but actually talking about journeys we've been talking about journeys they went through the ultimate journey because in you know they stopped talking to me for about a year but they kind of came to realize the value in it uh, realized actually what we were doing was so important and giving people a voice and, 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 you know, the whole thing that, you know, we live in this kind of cancel culture echo chamber world. And one of my sisters was like, look, I don't necessarily, I would never talk about it, but I totally understand why you should and why you, you have to. And, and I completely see the value in it. So they were, they were really supportive and they're on the podcast. They're on the podcast. Well, they were on one of the, the kind of a version of it. Yeah. And Rubina's mum, who I really want to adopt as like my mother. <laughs> I have to go back to something you mentioned just then. Danger wanking. What is that? <laughs> what? It's like a danger wank when your partner's in like another room and you're like, you know, boshing out a quick one. Oh my God, I love that. And I didn't know that that had a name. Or yeah, great. Like when, you, when you don't know when they're coming home or when you're in a shared house, you don't know when anyone's coming home and you're like, well, this really adds to the excitement of how quick I have to be. <laughs> yeah, danger wanking. It's like, yeah, when you, it's like a danger poo when you do a poo and you're not meant to. And same, same concept. I've not done it at work, but I, I think I tried once and I was like, I'll need at least an hour for this shit. My <laughs> <laughs> break's 20 minutes. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Like a danger poo at like a new boyfriend's house or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, such a thing. Okay, um, <laughs> before, we, before we start to wrap up, can you tell me a bit about your new season? Because that is coming in a few weeks. I can't wait. Um, so what subjects do you guys plan to cover in that? God, we're going we're gonna to talk, we're going to dirty talk. We're going to talk about dirty talking. Um, we're going to talk about stripping and some kind of like sex as a commodity a bit more. Um, but mainly the most exciting thing about series uh, two is that we're going to give a platform to other British Asian women to come and join us and, and talk to us because, you know, Poppy and I are straight. And uh, whilst we're both very different types of British Asian women, we are both straight and we would like to open up the, the doors to, to other British Asian women and platform them and talk about all the other stuff that they do. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. We just, we've just been looking through the artwork today and we're like, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. I like that you're talking about dirty talk. That's not something actually, I was trying to think if we've, if we've ever spoken about that on the show. I don't think we have, but that is such an interesting subject because it's like, again, that's a thing that you take your cues from films and from porn, but it's not something that you talk to your friends about. Be like, so what did you say to your partner to get them in the mood last night? Like, you're not going to but so, so, where do you get that from? Like, <laughs> it's just so weird. Like, it can be so awkward. You use? What words does he like? You just don't really, do you? And it's interesting, like I asked my mates, my best girlfriends, like what kind of porn do you watch? And they, we talk about everything. And they wouldn't tell me because they were embarrassed. So I thought that was really interesting. They were embarrassed to tell me because clearly they think that whatever they watch is 
kind of gray area or embarrassing or it's not the right kind of or whatever it is but like it's just sort of the one thing that you don't really talk about i think i think dirty talk is just really good for podcasting and that's why we want to explore it because we can actually experiment we can talk about it we can like yeah see what works and what doesn't and and i think it's really hot like i think personally for me it's something that i'm like yeah that's so sexy from someone to make me like really turn me on by just talking to me before they've even touched me that's like amazing especially now with covid if you've got to have phone sex with somebody you've got to try and figure out new inventive ways so i'm game for it so true so true i I, yeah i think it's just something that if you if you've never had experience of it and you've never spoken to your friends about it and suddenly you're in bed with someone and they're like talk dirty things to me (laughs) yeah and like, what the hell do you say? There's like that episode of Sex and City where Miranda's in bed with a guy and he's like, he's like, spit, talk to me. And she's like, uh, you're hard, harder, harder. Like that's all she says. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, right. So uh, it's time for our lessons in love segment, which is the part of the show where I basically ask every guest to share something they've learned about relationships from their previous experiences. Poppy, do you want to go first? Um, well, strangely i've 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 had a marriage and then sexual trysts and then my current partner um so i can only go on my marriage and that is um the one big big lesson that i learned from that relationship is my god learn to walk away walk away walk away walk away do not feel like you need to have the last word walk away we were two people with very very bad tempers so walk the fuck away that's it that's my that's the lesson that I learned I think I think that's a good lesson and definitely something that people people need to hear because you hear time and time again about people staying in relationships for longer than they need to I mean it's incredibly hard to break up with someone and you know let alone get a divorce from someone particularly Mm -hmm. in the conditions that you're in so I think yeah it takes it takes a lot of courage to do that and that's again that's something that isn't really spoken about that much it's just like oh it's a breakup everyone goes through them like whatever you're fine it's like no it takes guts to actually realize that that's something you want and have to do Mm-mm-mm. definitely how about you rubina what's yours oh my god i think mine i was in a relationship for quite a long time with somebody who never went down on me and so what? for me my bit now who is waste man <laughs> My bit of advice is don't give head unless you're definitely know you're going to get head. That is my absolute advice because that is the ultimate respect in a relationship. If you're both going down on each other's genitals, that is trust and equality at every level. So do not give head unless it's coming your way. I'm so happy you said that because you know what? No one has ever done a lesson in love about oral sex. And I'm really <laughs> pleased that you did. It's really important. You're right. It's, it's like, it's so much more than just about oral sex. It's about like, you know, respect. And like, you know, if you're going to go put your face down there, if you want your partner to do it as well. Like yeah. it's just about mutual respect, isn't it? It's the most intimate thing that you could do, isn't it? Slash the grossest, but the most intimate thing that you could do is like your mouth in someone else's genitals. And yeah, I can't believe if you're not getting it, then leave. Walk out the door. Oh my God, guys, that was so great. I'm so pleased that we did this. I could talk for like ages more. That was so fun. I can't wait for your new series. Thanks for having us. It was great. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener to this show, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or anywhere else. You can comment and leave us a rating too so that more people can find us. Keep up with everything to do with the show on Instagram. Just search Millennial Love. See you soon.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.